What is going on, everyone? And welcome back to Bears on Tap. Duke, Brandon, and Lucas look forward to putting their meat on the table in 2021 and beyond. Football is finally here. Like, it's it's officially here. Football season is back, and we are here to cover it for you. Obviously, we don't know if he's in quote-unquote football shape, but me personally, I think he's going to come out super rejuvenated and just absolutely eat people alive. Okay, dude, you've been feeding us the same crap for three years now going on four. Like, until we actually see this, we need to stop giving Matt Nagy the benefit of doubt that it's just going to happen. Listen, it's chicken or egg at this point. We're back. I am all the way reeled in on this team. I don't know how they continue to do it, but Justin Fields is our quarterback, and there is nobody on God's earth that can tell me anything otherwise that this team is not trending in the right direction. We ain't leaving. We ain't leaving. <laughs> You're such a jack. We ain't fucking leaving! What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap. Lucky number 155. We're on episode of 155, boys. I'm glad to make it through that finish line with you. We didn't do a shout-out for 150, so I figured I'd do it for 155. Um, you can go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sports Center for all of your Chicago sports needs. Today we are previewing, for I guess lack of a better term, previewing um, the Bucks game, but we kind of all know exactly how bad it might be. Um, go ahead and follow me at Lucas on tap. Also follow beat on 300. Mr. Brandon Suarez Appalachian is not a state. Um, and that pod guy, Duke, Duke Coughlin beat on. Let's kick it to you first and see how you're doing. Cause beat on had like a 14 leg parlay out there that coastal was the last leg on. He just got absolutely butt fucked. Uh, yeah. Um, I pieced together a parlay that correctly predicted the outcome of seven soccer games. So there's that uh, soccer handicap guy had the bulls in there. And then I had my chance of clears, my third favorite team, but now a team that I'll never touch again. I, won't even <laughs> I absolutely games. love the chance. Like, dude. like, dude, if I see them on my like cable screen, I'm like gone. But yeah, I, I'm a little worried about this bears game at, as to how ugly it could be. Like you get a little worried when you play against Tom Brady and you beat him last year in a game that, we probably shouldn't have won, but we still found a way to. And Matt Nagy is, you know, he's going to get out coached by Bruce Arians, and we're probably going to get outplayed. I just hope it's not like the the Aaron Rodgers Sunday night game where we were down like 40 at the half. So let me kind of set the table of how the game went last year because I feel like context is really important. Um, the first few weeks of the season last year, a lot of people were still, you know, cause everyone likes to do that narrative with Tom Brady where they're like, well, does Brady still have it? Like, this is his first season without Belichick. Like, is he really going to be able to do it? You know, he, he threw a lot of interceptions in Tom Brady terms early on in the year. So there was definitely some things they were figuring out early in the season. And then I, when you look on the other side of the ball, we had just had Nick Foles give us the comeback against the Atlanta Falcons, and we were just fucking red hot as a team. Like, our defense was playing fucking great. Our offense was rejuvenated, even though it was all just a shit ton of false courage, you know. 
I, I love you, big dick Nick, but it just didn't pan out, buddy. Um, but it, there was just there was a different feel. Plus, we were at home. You know, playing at Soldier Field is always a little bit different of a situation. It's not always the best experience for the fans, but the players like to really kind of get up when they play in Chicago next to the lake, you know. So, um, yeah, we're not going to have any of that. None of that is is in this game at all. Tom Brady is just yeah. putting his meat and rubbing it all over everyone's face this year. Um, you know, with the, another giant fuck you tour like he likes to do. Dude, Mike, and Evans, you forget too the Bears win or his you know fourth down, not knowing what play it was. Like they rattled off a million wins after that. They just started beating the fuck out of teams and have been ever since. Oh, yeah, dude. And it doesn't help that he's going and having interviews and talking about how great he thought the whole Aaron Rodgers comment is. So that's just, of course, he's going to go out there and try to one up the guy who's always kind of mentioned in the same sentence as him as the current good, great quarterback in the league. So, yeah, um, listen, I'm not saying it's fucking impossible for us to beat Tampa Bay because, you know, any given Sunday, I'll always believe that. But like, We have to be a well-coached team. I don't trust the guy in charge to do that. Um, Justin Fields obviously has growing pains. That's okay. You know, that's just something we're going to have to deal with for the rest of the year. And uh, the defense, if the defense has ever had a big fucking test, they're about to have a big old test with Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Hopefully not Rob Gronkowski or O.J. Howard, but still do i mean no matter what is fucking stacked even even cameron Bray, dude we've seen him do great things in this league maybe not necessarily with the bucks but that every every weapon that they could possibly have in all three rooms whether it's a tight end receiver or running back like they got it and leonard fournette has looked really good this year so far um yeah i mean we're not going to get into the game quite yet i'm actually trying to see because let's talk about the aaron Rodgers comments i feel like Oh, B-Don just dropped out. Is he all right? Um, yeah, no, either he dropped way, out a minute ago. So. Did, he, did he drop out? No, I feel like the um, – I was just looking at Aaron Rodgers' stats. I feel like the comments were a little bit taken out of con- – like, not taken out of context, but taken overboard. Like, I really don't give a shit that Aaron Rodgers said, I own you, because realistically he has been squatting on our chest for a very, very long time. And he has been the boogeyman essentially. Um, is he a great quarterback? Yes. Do I think he's a cocky prick? Absolutely. Two thumbs up four thumbs up. Um, but I mean, I, I saw an article come out from NBC sports saying, should the NFL fine Aaron Rodgers for saying I own you to a fan? I was like, that's some of the softest shit I've ever heard. I actually can't believe it. Um, really hey, there's be Donnie pops back. I don't in. know what just happened. It like it, my computer just sent me back to like the password screen. So there's that. It's just that. It's just that. You, get, you, gotta, you gotta stay off the hubs, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll let's bring you into this beat on because we were just talking about Rogers' yeah. comments. Um, listen, two things. The big, biggest my takeaways, and I'm just not even gonna talk about it anymore because I've heard nothing but Aaron Rodgers all week at work up here in Wisconsin. Um, number one, dude, I'm taking Olin Krutz a thousand times out of a thousand in a boxing match with Aaron Rodgers. Like any, yeah. any, any sort of fight, dude, I don't even care if it's fucking mini golf. Like Olin Krutz is putting his meat on the table and beating him every single time. And, uh, two, bro, you don't own the bears. The McCaskies own the bears and you will never be able to hurt us as much as the McCaskies have hurt us. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And I kind of look back and you look at, uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't really, he, he, he didn't, 
he's had a very easy version of the Bears. He didn't get the Lovey Bears for a majority of his career. The majority of his career has been the Matt Nagy Bears, the John Fox Bears in a complete rebuild, the Mark Trespin Bears. Like he's let's let's be real here. Like you've played some really bad Bears teams. Um and yeah, it's I, I think Cole Komet was your boy beat on three hundred. Cole Komet was the one that put it best. He was like, Yeah, he he kind of does own us at this point. Like we need to change that on the field. It needs to change at some point. And I think kind of how we talked about it last week, it was the most upsetting because this was the most winnable game I have seen for the Chicago bears against Aaron Rodgers outside of the opener in 2018. Fun fact, uh, Matt Nagy's never beaten Aaron Rodgers as a starter, by the way, that game uh, in 2018 that they won Aaron Rodgers was done though. He won't, he won't. I just, I just, um, it's just disgusting. And I understand the outrage by the fan base. Uh, I understand why you'd be upset. I was definitely not happy about the comments, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta shut them up at some point and you didn't. And we talked about it going into the Packers game. Like you need to take this rivalry back. I don't want to see it go with, with Justin Fields, um, you know, turning out to be the Messiah, but Aaron Rodgers leaving and going to a different division and us never really getting to take the division back from him, us getting it by default almost. And that's not even to say the bears are going to do that. The, the Vikings look like they're getting hot. The Detroit lions, in my opinion, in the next couple of years are going to be yeah. a competitive team, much more competitive than they are right now. Their roster is not there, but the heart is. Um, so I just feel like it was disappointing and it was definitely rubbing salt in the wound. But to me, it's also another nail in Matt Nagy's coffin. Like, the McCaskies, unfortunately, are swayed by the media, the fan base, um, and generating money. And then that is bad. That is bad for business when Aaron Rodgers comes and says, "I own you. I've always owned you, and I still own you." Disgusting comments. You know, when you when you really think about it. But um, I mean, fuck, dude. The guy's you said he blacked out too. Like, oh, that's it. no. And Kurtz hitting it. He's a listen. Aaron Rodgers is a slimy little bastard. But at least he looks like he hasn't showered in a year. Oh my God. He looks so homeless right now, but like Owen Cruz hit the nail on the head. He's like, don't say you blacked out. Say, yeah, I do own the bears. Like own up to that after the fact, don't be a don't little be pop a out. Box, yeah. yeah. A little shit box. Um, but I guess we can move into the next comments and Duke, go ahead and read off because Jalen Johnson was not happy with uh, something that happened at Hallis hall recently. Yeah. So essentially if you, uh, if you didn't catch up with it, um, Jalen Johnson got fined for being late to a uh, late to practice team meeting. I, I'm not or showing up late to Hallis hall. I'm not sure exactly what the event was at eight 15, but sure enough. Um, so basically what happened was he received a letter from Matt Nagy and he posted it on Instagram. Um, I'll be honest, man, probably wasn't the greatest idea. It was probably definitely a heat of the moment kind of thing from Jalen. But, you know, that's the type of stuff that happens when you don't have control of your locker room. Like, uh, you know, this guy doesn't have. Um, so anyway, this the way this went was uh, a note. OK, so at the very top, it says notice a violation of club dis- discipline schedule. Like this is some official shit. Like Matt Nagy definitely stayed up late at night typing up like the format of this i have a feeling it's a standard fine letter that they give but go ahead duke oh my gosh i'm sorry it just i could just imagine him typing it up that's just how i feel about it but anyway it says dear jalen this is to inform you that you are hereby being fined two thousand seven hundred forty five dollars for your unexcused late to building at daily specified mandatory report time on october 19 2021 pursuant with 2.5 2.5 J of the 2021 Chicago bears maximum club discipline schedule in accordance with article 42 of the collect 
collective bargaining agreement. The most like, okay, I'm going to throw the book at you in the like most professional way possible to make you just feel like an absolute piece of dog shit instead of just pulling you aside and telling you don't be late again. Um, please note that repeated violations of same events may result in escalated fine amounts or discipline for conduct conduct detrimental to the club, which may include the maximum fine amounts or suspension without pay as set forth in the club discipline schedule. Sincerely, Matt Nagy head coach. Okay. So I'm glad you actually read that because part of me was thinking, Hey, is this a repeat offense? Is this like something that Jalen Johnson is doing regularly? So they finally had to slap him with the fine. Um, because when you think about Jalen Johnson, he's been nothing but a consummate professional. He's been performing on the field, um, shows up every Sunday. And I'd assume he's showing up every day at practice if he's performing that well in the field. So I was thinking maybe he just has an issue with tardiness. So they gave him a fine, but that little fine print you said there, repeat action or repeat offenses will increase your fines. That makes, that leads me to believe this is one of the first times he got this. And maybe Matt Nagy did pull him aside. I'm not going to sit here and just like, bury Matt Nagy more than I already do, but it just seems kind of strange to me that you would find someone for being a minute late. And I, I saw a ton of people with a visceral reaction, be early, be on time, blah, 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 blah. Shut the fuck up. The offense has not, has been late for the last four years. Okay. If your star cornerback is one minute late and you don't have a little bit of leeway with him, I do feel like under all those circumstances, that you are trying to pull some sort of, Hey, I still have control here. Like I still, I can give you a fine. I'm still the fucking head coach. I don't call plays anymore. I don't do this anymore, but I could still give you a fine and I could still call a challenge right after I call a timeout because that's just what the fuck I can do, baby. I'm Matt Nagy. I'm King. I'm King visor. But, um, I, yeah, I just, it's just kind of strange to me. And, and I didn't expect that from Jalen Johnson to post it on social media. Again, I, I have to agree with Duke. I think it was kind of stupid on his part, but at the same time, like I think it does show that there is a bit of this unraveling effect. Like if you respected your coach, you wouldn't post that online. It's just that simple. Like if you respected the coach and the organization you played for, you probably wouldn't put that up. I could totally understand if Jalen Johnson was a shit box all the time. I could understand if it was more of an Anthony Miller that did it. And I'd be like, okay, if you makes like sense. Eli Apple. I haven't heard a I, I haven't heard a peep out of Jalen Johnson. I've only heard good good things about him since the beginning of the draft process. So I don't I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? It seems like an out of character thing for him. So it just leads me to believe that yeah, Matt Nagy is losing a little bit of the uh, the locker room and he's trying to keep control. I heard uh, when I because I was like driving around today, I had a bunch of errands, and when I heard this on the radio, I like slammed on the brakes. Uh, Duke, the one minute part was the part that got me, and I'm like, look, I understand all those people that you probably saw freaking out about this online were probably those same people that yell at clouds and freak out about fucking literally everything, but like, dude, he is the best player in that secondary right now. He's playing higher than any player in that secondary over the last few years. And, like, you just can't have rafts and riffs or whatever. I don't even know what word I'm looking for. But with the, with the coaching and with the players, especially with how hot Matt Nagy's seat is right now, it's like that's the last thing Matt Nagy needs. That's the last thing this locker room needs because one thing that we can say about Matt Nagy is he has been able to keep those guys together and that – He's like a rah-rah guy, you know what I'm saying? He may not be the best with the X's and O's, but 
for whatever reason, those guys get up for him and they still try to play hard every single Sunday. But there's like other shit going on too. You got Eddie Jackson dueling with fucking Lance Briggs on Twitter about who was good and who like he pulled up like a 2011 PFF tweet. Like there's just so much stuff going on right now that just a lot of drama. It's poison. Yeah, it's poison that you don't need in a football locker, especially when you don't even really have an identity as a football team right now. Well, so the thing that kills me, like, I, I didn't want to just, like, decimate everything about that letter because, like, you know, we've all gotten something like that at some point at a job where they had they had to be official about something. Like, I get that. But, you know, like, when you are that locker room guy beat on, like you were kind of saying, like, you're that rah-rah type guy, that just comes off really out of fucking character to your players. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're out there and you're talking about, like, you know, how you're going to war with your boys and you want to scream boom after wins and all that shit, you know what I mean? Where you act like you're one of the boys and then you pull something like that, you sign it with your big old stupidly big freaking signature that's just way overcompensating for himself. But um, it's like, that's just that's off brand. You know, that's, that's not the, you know, arena league quarterback that we saw freaking out in you know those YouTube highlights. This is a guy who, or he was a psychopath. Yeah. It's he, he seems like a guy who's just trying to be way too like by the book about everything and trying to kind of bring his like fist down and white knuckle shit to like, you know, bring down power and prove that he still has some sort of semblance in the locker room. Or I don't know if he's trying to prove that to management or something like it just, it seems really off brand. It seems really out of the blue. Um, I feel like with other guys we've had on this team that something like this, if this was normal since Nagy's been here, we would have seen something like this before, but I've never seen a letter like that come out of Alice Hall since Nagy's been here. So that's, that's strange. No, that's the first time I've seen anything like that. Like that's the first time I've seen someone complain about a fine or anything. Um, so that's that's pretty wild. And like I said, we don't know all the, the backstory behind it. We don't know if Jalen Johnson has been pulled aside a hundred times and finally Nagy was like, hey, I got to do this. Like, we have no idea. I'm not going to sit here and bury the guy for things that I'm not 100% positive about because I bury him enough for shit that I know for a fact he's um, inefficient at. So it's just like, it is what it is, right? But I just think, as B-Don was saying, Eddie Jackson going at it um, with Lance, Lance Briggs on Twitter and and all this stuff coming out with Aaron Rodgers, it just seems like it's it's unraveling very slowly. And I just want to note, before it gets to us, shit's bad for a while in the locker room. You know, like it, it, especially with this, the like the Bears really do have a roster filled with consummate professionals, like guys that have been doing it for a while, really good mix of vets, and then good kids that are rookies and, and second year players. So I feel like it's kept uh, together a lot more in a locker room like this than than it would be with a locker room. With that featured Martellus Bennett, Lance Briggs, and and uh, Brandon Marshall, like I think the lid would have been blown way off, as I've said before. But I, I just I just feel like it is kind of unraveling. But let's get into this pregame preview because it's it's going to be ugly, and I, I really just feel like the number one priority has to be Justin Fields' health. Just like make sure he doesn't take too many hits because the Bears are not going to be able to expose a bad secondary and and the the bucks do have some really they've been injured like worse than the packers have on the on the back end for sure but i think we were already shown that they're not going to be able to expose a bad secondary with a rookie quarterback especially with the offensive staff they have assembled so i think the number one priority is just making sure because that front seven is so much more daunting than the green bay packers front seven and i mean i could see it being worse in the cleveland game like just make sure you protect this kid 
by all fucking costs. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. They're gonna get they're gonna get slapped around. It's gonna be bad. I mean, there's a stat that's floating around. Darnell Mooney, I think, has the most receiving yards with like 309. I'm just spitballing here. And Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and uh, Chris Godwin all have 100 yards more than that. So it's just like it, we're talking apples and oranges at this point. The, the Bears are nowhere near the contender that the Bucks are. I don't think that the Packers are either. You know, like I don't think the team we just played it, it comes close to what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, but the Packers are clearly a couple steps above us as well. So it's just, just keep the kid healthy. That's that's, I just pray for that. That's it. Yeah. I mean, keep keeping Justin Fields healthy, obviously should be number one fucking priority. Um, I don't know, dude, it it gets really hard to come on this podcast and try to talk about how this is going to be the week where we finally get something going on offense. We finally get the tight end involved and we finally start committing to the run game. Cause dude, I'm at the point where like, I'm at a loss. I don't know what the hell we're going to do on offense this week. Like, I don't know what the philosophy is. I don't know what the identity is. Like, I have no idea what the hell we're trying to do. Like, I I feel like Khalil Herbert's going to get ran a lot, but if this game gets ugly, we could also just start trying to air it out. That could turn into an ugly game for Justin Fields. You know what I mean? That could turn into a, a great game for Justin Fields, but we're in a shootout the entire game. You know what I mean? Like, could shock the world. Yeah, you're right. And that's what I mean. Like, I just have no expectations at this point. So it's really hard to kind of gauge what what I think we're going to do, especially against a defense that's that's this good and a defense that I feel like Sean Desai has taken notes from after watching last year as I'm almost positive that the Buccaneers took notes from Vic Fangio as well from uh, that 2018 run because he kind of saw their difference uh, with Todd Bowles. Um, so it, it, there's going to be a lot of defensive a lot of defensive struggle on this game. Like I think the Bears defense is going to try to get creative. I think the Tampa Bay defense they they kind of wrote the book on how to be creative, especially up front, which is kind of very worrisome when it comes to Justin Fields. Um, ju- I want Justin Fields to slide. I want him to run out of bounds. I want him to just you know maybe give himself up on a sack. I know that might sound soft. I don't want this guy to get anything seriously injured. Like dude, I I loved watching like a guy like Cam Newton or you know like fucking a lot of great like mobile quarterbacks who could do a little bit of everything. And it really sucks watching some of those players later on in their career where they're just battered and they're just a shell of themselves. I don't want that to be Justin Fields like quickly. You know what I mean? I want Justin Fields to have a long, healthy career and he's a warrior. I understand he's going to want to go out there and really try to battle no matter what the score is. But at a certain point, man, he has to, he has to understand that his health is important long-term for this team and for his entire career, man. So I just, I don't, I'm with you, Lucas. I don't want him to go out there and take a beating. Well, and you think too, like Matt Nagy loves getting away from the running game and the the Bucks are going to give him a reason. Like we're not going to be able to, like you can't run the ball against the Bucks at this point. I don't think anyone's really successfully done it. Um, So it's going to be, I just hope they don't go away from it early and often because then you could be subjecting the kid to a lot of hits he doesn't need to be taking. Go ahead, be done. Yeah, and to be honest, like, it doesn't stop just with the regular pass rush. Like, guys like Devin White in the second level of that defense are going to be getting after fields. Like, even when he gets out of the pocket and run, it gets out of the pocket and runs. I know I talked about it a lot last week where I I think that, like, he's holding on to the ball a little bit too long, and the decision process or the decision-making process isn't all the way there yet. But as the season continues to progress, I think he'll be able to find more receivers. I think he'll be able to have that that quarterback clock go off in his head to, to you know get out of the pocket and get some yards, obviously. Hopefully he slides, but 
Yeah, I don't want to see him taking shots. Like, dude, you watched him a lot in the big time, dude. He was getting drilled week in and week out in the big time. And then, obviously, there's the big hit in the college football playoff against Clemson. We want to see none of that. This is supposed to be our, our Lamborghini. This is supposed to be our Ferrari. You're supposed to showcase him. You're supposed to put him in the best position to win. And against a front seven like that with our line, like, we already know we're going to lose. You might as well just run Nick Foles back out there next week. Like, I was week. thinking, is he going to be active just because he is the Tom Brady killer? Yeah, he's like, the Tom I Brady was, killer. I, like, just, just activate shit him. happens when he's just against Just activate Brady. him just in case. I mean, that that's the thing. Like, we could try. Do kind of hit the, the nail on the head. We could try to talk strategy, but we, you know. We know I what mean, the Bears' offensive staff is. We're going to have to get a touchdown and then kick an onside kick right away. <laughs> like <laughs> so, I, I, I really think it's going to get to a certain point. Like Justin Field, like I, I like the point we brought up earlier, where everyone on this team is consummate professionals. Justin Fields is definitely in that like realm. Like he is very much like we we heard how defensive he got about like Andy Dalton, you know, when the fans were getting on him. We heard how defensive he would get about even Matt Nagy, you know what I mean? Like he gets defensive about this team and you could tell he legitimately cares. He takes that ownership. At a certain point though, and I've seen this happen with a lot of rookie quarterbacks when they get drafted in a non-ideal situations. You have to just start reading the writing on the wall with your coach and realize this probably ain't going to work and you need to just let your talent take over. You know what I mean? Like don't buy all the way in. You know what I mean? Buy in enough that you understand that you understand the concepts, you understand everything about the offense, but don't feel like you just have to make the throw that this play is designed to make every single time. Don't feel like you have to make every single read that Matt Nagy's telling you to make. Like, Hit a point where it's like, Justin, you're talented as all hell. You've made it this far because you're that talented. You know, college we've college football coaches, great ones, have proven they can coach up mediocre quarterbacks. And uh, Justin Fields has proven his entire life that he's not that. So it's like, dude, it's going to hit a certain point. It might not happen this week, but I can see it happening down the road if this season starts, starts to get bleak. Or Justin's just going to go out there and just start ripping the ball, man. He's just going to start trying to make things happen. I think that's what we saw a little bit. I think we're already seeing that. Yeah, Yeah. dude. I think it's pretty clear. Like, you could say all the right things and still not follow up with your actions. Like, I think we are seeing that. I think we're seeing him try to improv a lot more than he needs to. There are some plays he's missing, but I think it's because I think it's partially a buy in factor. And I think the same kind of things happen with Anthony Miller and other players down the line. Um, I. It's just hard to really judge what you have on offense when they're not put in great positions. And I, I hate to be like that guy, but it's just like what what there's nothing else to see. There's no other faith to have in what this guy is concocting in his little fucking lab at, at the Waffle House. Like realistically, it's just it's just we we kind of know what we're getting. And at this point, I'd rather be real with the people that are listening and just talk about some of the things that are happening like we have been. Um, because it's, it's tough to think like, dude, come on now. We have fucking Kendall Vildor who has been playing actually a lot better since I've, I've said, like, I'm not seeing him and, and whether it's Marquis Christian or Dion Bush or Deshaun Gibson or Eddie Jackson, who's just been getting fucking cooked, which I think realistically, Don't Eddie Jackson, Marquis Christian, I, I think Eddie Jackson, anything, oh yeah, you're a jag off. But I think Eddie Jackson is getting to the point where he's unfairly criticized. Like the numbers don't look good, but I feel like he's making plays as well. But the only things that are being highlighted are the plays he's not making. Yeah, I saw those Bo Jack actually. We have, dude, we have like, and not to alienate the listeners or the fans, but we have like a very like 
high maintenance fan base. You know what I'm saying? Like the Chicago Bears fan base. When something goes wrong, they need something to fucking blame. They need that like, instant something. gratification, yeah. Yeah, they well, need like to be able to scream on fucking Twitter and have all their buddies be like, yeah, hell yeah, dude. Like, I, yo, Appalachian is not I'm like, I'm like 12 deep, but all I know is everyone sucks, bro. More about Eddie Jackson's missed tackle in a game that the Bears put up 14 points in a very winnable game. I heard more about that than I heard about how bad the offense fucking sucks. And that's crazy to me because you let up 24 points, which realistically the last touchdown was. That's a winnable game against the Packers. That's a winnable game. You and and you didn't do anything on offense. And it's just like that's crazy to me that that's the topic of conversation. But what I'm getting at is our secondary is not great. And Tom Brady gets the ball out of his hands super fast, and yeah. he's got a lot better second and third options than Alan Lazard and fucking Equinemius St. Brown and guys like that. So he's going to be able to fucking he's up against a good pass rush. He's going to be up against a good pass rush. So he's going to be like cognizant of that, and he's going to be throwing little freaking torpedoes all across the field. Is it? It's, a, it's at Raymond James too, isn't it? I would yes, yeah, I would take is. the oh, Leonard Fournette over uh, receiving yards for a million dollars if I had it in my bank account because yeah. yes, there will be a lot of dump off. Um, I think he's also going to learn from last year. Like, hey, this fucking defensive front's good, and they will yeah, get to fun. me if I don't get the ball out of my hand. So um, I think Arians is partially the reason for that too, because right after that that loss with the Bears and in a game that they should have literally pile drived us. I think Arians kind of said like, Hey, we're going to adjust more to what Tom likes to do because Arian likes those long, deep developing routes that take time. Yeah. Um, and, and that's Antonio kind of like when Brown too, this year, Whew. dude, Antonio, I was I going back and looking amazing. at Antonio highlights. Like he was, if not better than Calvin Johnson, the, yeah. the first or second best receiver in Man. our like adult lifetime. I said the same thing. I said, like, if, if he didn't have what happened to him, which, at a later date determined not to be his fault, even though he was doing some crazy shit. Like that man probably deserves an apology. If he didn't go through that, like two year span where he really wasn't playing football, that man could be a top five all time. And he still has time to, to make the best of his career. Also might I add a Maxion central Michigan receiver. I saw a meme and this one that doesn't involve terrorists. Um, I saw a meme that's actually <laughs> I saw a meme <laughs> actually um, it was like maturing is realizing that Antonio Brown was the same one all along. Um yeah. and it's just like, yeah, the the Steelers and the Raiders kind of fucking bottomed out right after uh yeah. everything went down. So it's really funny actually. But no, I I think we kinda know I don't I don't want to do score predictions because I don't want to predict the Bears losing by twenty seven. Um, but I think we know how this game's going to go. If you're a, if you're a betting man, I definitely would lay off the spread and everything. I mean, dude, the spread's 13 and a half. You know how fucking insane that is in an NFL game. I think the uh, Bills gave the Texans 16 and a half. Yeah. So we're only getting four more points than the Texans got against the Bills. Like, that's, I mean, that says Yo. something, okay? I, I don't, I, I would lay off both sides because I could easily see the Bears defense keeping a minute to like a 10-point game. But, I mean, it's going to be ugly. We just need to make start, sure start to come out of this Herbert fucking game. Too. No, I, yeah. I don't. I think we're going to get away from the running game so quickly. I think it's going to oh. be disgusting. I think it's going to be one of those eight carry games. I'm not an idiot type things because what's going to get then, smashed and, and Matt Nagy's coaching for his. They're going to get Justin Fields killed. Though. I'm going to lose my mind. That's what I'm saying, though. But it, there's such a clash because Matt Nagy needs to win right fucking now. Oh. Otherwise, little dingy's going to get snipped. 
And if you can't run the ball and you're Matt Nagy and you think throwing the ball is better than running the ball, which I, hey, I can agree with that too yeah. if you're able to do it effectively. But when you're not able to do it effectively and you're not able to run the ball, which has been your bread and butter, I can see yeah. Matt Nagy going away from that very quickly, not worrying about the health of his, the future quarterback of the Chicago Bears because he knows he's not the future coach of the Chicago Bears. He's just putting his best – I think it's the fucking writings on the wall anyways. He's just putting his best resume out there for the next few weeks to hope to God he can get somewhere else. That's my personal opinion. I've been saying this for a while now, too, and I see some of these blog bloggers like saying, oh, I, I don't know if Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are tied at the hip. I've been saying this forever, dude. There's no reason that they would have had a 12-hour deliberation at Hallis Hall after Ryan Pace just was announced that he's like an actual family member of the McCaskies. They're not doing that grilling both Nagy and Pace together. They It was all three, Ted Phillips, Sweaty Teddy, and Ryan Pace grilling Matt Nagy saying, if I get you what you need, is this shit going to finally take off? I'm getting rid of the problem, which you think is Mitch. Is this shit going to take off? It didn't take off. And that's why shit's getting real ugly really quickly. And it's just time to, it's time to move on because this is the perfect prototypical game where it's like the clash of having a lame duck head coach versus the clash of having to win right now and having to protect your quarterback. They don't, they don't mesh well. And you could get this kid fucking killed because Matt Nagy's an idiot. Yeah. One thing I do want to say, though, uh, you did bring up one one Mitchell Trubisky. With quarterbacks dropping, like, a team like Cleveland could really use Mitch. Uh, the Broncos, they haven't looked great at the quarterback. You think with, with the Steelers knowing that Big Ben was as cooked as he was, yeah, they tried to get a high-priority fucking dude, backup like a Mitch. You know what I mean? He'd be good in that offense. With those young receivers, those guys get a lot of yards after the catch, like the Deontay Johnsons and, and the Chase Claypools of the world. But they also have a quality running back. But, yeah, like – with the way I look at it for for Sunday, let's just make sure, regardless of who it is, that everybody gets back on the plane the same way they got on the plane at O'Hare. Because, like you said, probably not going to win the game. Let's try and at least leave with, with a little bit of dignity, and let's make sure that nobody gets hurt. Most importantly, Justin Fields. Well, dude, yeah. just, just go there and battle. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we're all... As much as we're talking right now, we're still going to get up on Sunday and be like, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, like a little frisky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We might have oh, I'll definitely, I'll, definitely yeah. take, I'll take a money line. It's going to be like yeah, exactly. I'm that's like, hey, 20 to win fucking 200? Like, let's go. Yeah. Why not? That's what I mean, we're Chicago Bears fans. This is what we do. Yeah. Hey, I'll we're going to get up for it. I hope, yeah. they, I hope that they serve my fan side of me right and prove the analyst side of me wrong, but I just don't have much faith in that happening. No. Um, we'll so on that I mean, note, okay, go ahead. Closing thought, dude. What What are we gonna do if we roll out fucking Mister Nicholas, dude? Nick the Dick. We're gonna bring him out there just for that one last shot at Tom Brady. La pistola. Yeah, I wonder if he says something to him. I wonder because of everything that came out. I I, I find I'm curious to see if Nick Foles is in uh, Tampa on the sidelines if he says what's up to him. I yeah, I would, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, one point I did want to make a little bit ago, with just, just kind of came back to me, is um I. I wouldn't be surprised if if anyone told Fields to buy out or to like sell out on fucking Nagy system. It wouldn't surprise me if it was Nick Foles and Andy Dalton who told him. Yeah, I'm more so Nick Foles, but definitely I I, I could see Nick Foles being like, dude, fuck this guy. He doesn't know yeah. what he's talking about. <laughs> dude, no, <straight> up. <laughs> Foles, Foles has the best job in the entire state of Chicago. Yes, I said state of Chicago. You know what I mean when I say that because I'm a jag. The dude gets paid ten million dollars to wear a headset and just chill with the guys and throw footballs. If Chicago is a state, then so is Appalachian. And on that note, we are Bears on Tap. Go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap 
Also follow ONTAP Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas ONTAP. You can follow me at that handle. I'm Lucas Perfetti. My handle is Lucas ONTAP. Go ahead and follow that pod guy, Duke Duke Coughlin, and beat on 300, Mr. Brandon Suarez. Let's hope that the Bears shock us all. Let's hope that the Bears shock the world. Um, and, yeah, we'll be here on Sunday after the game to break it down for you. Bear down. We don't got the Jimmys and Joes or the X's and O's. Pound the Bears money line. We're going to find a way to win this football game. Bear down. Bring the lunch pails and shock the nation. Bear down.